0: Bullshit. This is Master Daniel Facina. Get over here to video game bullshit. Jeffrey Wittenhagen, I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda, and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Um, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail, or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, it's time to talk about the SNES version. Woo! The SNES port's fucking badass, man. Super fucking Smash TV. Yeah, that's what's funny about the Genesis is has Super Smash TV as its title, so it's kind of funny. Does it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's just one of those crazy things. <laughs> so, so basically, so the Genesis did, which is awesome. So did the Master System and the Game Gear, but every other version was just called Smash TV, including all the um, computer ports and everything. And it is different because you know you have those those power ups that you can get to unlock like the secrets and stuff, Mm -hmm. so the arcade doesn't have that, the question marks and stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. That's what's different from the consoles from the arcade. So I guess you can say it's Super Smash TV just has those additional power-ups. But the beauty of the SNES is the best console controls... It's because of the controller. Yeah. The controller layout itself is has the four button super nintendo front part which translates perfectly to the shots um well as perfectly as you can get without what we're going to talk about later with the future ports the best way on an old school console is with the snes that's a pre ps2 old school console because ps2 and Xbox Coin Ops, which we'll get into, and the actual arcade, which we'll get into. Now, those are the fucking, that's what you really want to play, but I would definitely recommend just play the Xbox Coin Ops, play the PS2, or play the actual arcade, I mean, but... Yeah, but if you, if you got to play a port, or you're just a Super Nintendo collector, 16-bit collector, Super Nintendo's the way to go for consoles, if that's your thing. Yeah, and I tested stuff, so, like, the SNES boss sprites are in fact, much larger than on Genesis. I did a a screen-by-screen comparison. The Genesis ones are small, man. They're almost the same size as the NES ones. The SNES looks, the graphics look smoother, um, the colors are a little more vibrant, and um, there's no slowdown like very very little you might find some with the twin snakes and shit but there's very little slowdown. i'm like not that good at the snes version like this isn't a game that i excel at this is a fun game this is a game that i love but i'm not like boss at it (laughs) i'm not good at like multitasking because that's one thing that i'm not that good at so it's it's something that i do need to like get better at just even at at work when i get like too many things going on at once that's when i like freak out really like, yeah like i can't like handle it so my mentality play in any version of this game is that i don't really concentrate on where i'm shooting i concentrate on where i'm walking and just trying to avoid things so i look around on the screen and then i just make sure i don't walk into a dude or a bullet. And as long as I do that, I just shoot everywhere. And obviously I can, with the um, analogs or D-pad, I can kind of push the shot toward a, an enemy. But like, I'm really only concentrating on where the character's moving. Because in the end, shooting's arbitrary as long as you don't get hit. There's one thing on Super Nintendo that I thought was cool. And it, it probably exists on others. Um, there's codes. So, if you put the cursor on one player, there's a turbo mode, so you can make it go fucking faster. You can give yourself more lives by putting the cursor on two player, and you have to, like, do a a code, like, um, turbo modes, left, right, left, up, RR, and it'll say, bingo! 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 (laughs) There's a circuit select, so you can select what circuit you want to do. Um, more lives does maximum seven lives, seven continues. So that's fucking epic. You can fight no enemies on the screen. (laughs) Um, there's a sound check screen and a programmer screen. So there's a bunch of fucking, um, codes, which is awesome. And I was reading like a review in the, I think for the SNES, and the guy's like, man, this is a easy ass game. I beat it the first time that I played it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I put it on easy mode. Because the SNES has different modes, which the Genesis doesn't. But easy, it's kind of like Double Dragon 2, how practice you end after the helicopter level uh, 3. And easy mode for Smash TV is only the first level, so I'm like, maybe this dude had it on easy and he didn't realize that there's two more levels I mean, there, there could definitely be that. He could have even used codes. Because the internet exists. Like, he could have literally just Googled it and went over to GameFAQs and just, you know, put seven lives and seven continues. If you do that, the game turns into Contra with the Contra code, where you, anybody can beat it. Or just a lying troll. Uh, there, there's that, too. I mean, over-exaggerating. Yeah, just being like a shit. Because <laughs> everyone talks about how hard it is, so it's like, let's just post one. like. No, mm, the, the game's hard as shit so easy mode is only the first level when, when you beat mutoid man it's like restarts you know now try it try it in normal or whatever yeah i mean and and then even in the hardest difficulty like i can get to the second or third third arena i can get to all the way to that but the freaking difficulty continually ramps up it gets really fucking hard and i'm not saying that i get through it no death i'm dying and continuing and everything well the thing is it's like non-relenting exactly That's where the difficulty, like, the focus, eventually your focus breaks, which is what Eugene Jarvis said. Like, you'll be doing good for a while, and then eventually you'll, like, start to, like, slack, and then you'll start dying a bunch, and then you you get pissed off again, and there's an ebb and flow to that. It's one thing to be good at, like, Vice Project Doom or whatever, but it's a whole nother thing to be good at, you know, a fucking real arcade game. Cause they are fucking hard, like balls hard. People who can do that, it's just like super impressive to me. Like, I I think we really should should work on the um the next version of Smash though. Oh yeah, cause that's so promising, and everyone like overlooks it. Yeah, everybody shits on it, so it's we might crazy, as well dude. fucking prove them wrong. And if everybody shits on it, maybe the world record's low, and eventually we'll be good enough to where we can just play it at a convention and destroy. It. It's not as hectic, though. Like, the SNES, Genesis, Arcade, all that, it's, like, like crazy, you know, but the NES has scaled down to where it's just really playable. Yeah, it doesn't get, like, out of fucking control. They may have, like, downscaled it, so to reduce the slowdown, maybe? I don't know. Um i think so and then you know just the Flicker? the actual limit yeah <laughs> the the um the limitations on the nes you know they kept the background simplistic and stuff but it it's less busy and that's where for me it's the key and you know we've already mentioned it in this episode is like that that to me becomes the ultimate because we can see everything it'll be interesting to see with two players how how it fares yeah, because I was testing it for a little bit because of the power-ups, so... Yeah. This brings me just to the strategies, how we were talking about. So there's, like, three basic strategies to this game that people use. There's what they call corner turtling, which you basically get back yourself into a new corner and just shoot outward at everything that <laughs> comes to you. It actually works great on the deadly laser orbs. <laughs> yeah. But um there's also... What they call wall strafing, and wall strafing uh, is another awesome one, and you basically circle the room on the perimeter, and you shoot at the center. Interesting. Yeah, and then you have what I call going hog wild, which is basically you just use your instincts, which allows you to get any power-up you want. When I was playing through the game, the best thing to do is like follow the power-ups. Like, when you see a gun pop up, get that. Because they respawn, like, very frequently. So you can actually have a power-up nearly the whole game. And a big thing, too, like, when you're plowing through, like, a big crowd, just keep running and keep shooting. Because when you stop or hesitate, that's when you're going to die. Exactly. (laughs) And I was watching you know, like a little Eugene Jarvis doc and stuff, and one of the programmers or one of Eugene Jarvis's boys was like, yeah, so when you think you're going to die, like, so many times, that's the beauty of Smash TV, Robotron. You think you're going to die so many times, and you, you actually survive. If you just plow through the fucking front line a lot of times you will make it to the other side. Just go for the power-ups. The power-ups are the key to this game. In my opinion, you don't want to have the normal default weapon like at all if you can avoid it because that's where you're going to get fucking wasted. Now, if you can beat the game without any power-ups and shit, which I'm sure some people can, like, uh, Gradius, some people can beat it without power-ups, like, oh my fucking god, <laughs> you are awesome, but I need to get my power-ups. Yeah. And that's a whole thing about that, man. So, my way was, like, a combination of what you were talking about, strifing the wall, as well as going balls to the wall. I did what I would call kind of like the, um, if you ever played California games, the half pipe. I was kind of doing that, like a, like a bell curve type thing, where I would kind of just keep making a U-shape and going back and forth, killing everything, and the power-ups would kind of populate, and I would hit them, because they always populate on the opposite side. So I would just continually, and I wouldn't go near the top of the screen for some reason, probably just my own mentality. I would kind of strafe along the bottom. Like, I would go from the top left to the top right and, like, circle around toward the bottom, shooting toward the middle as I would do it, but I would kind of stay near the perimeter as well. It's, it's like a weird little way, but I was just using my own, you know, tu- intuition just to get through the shit. That's what makes this game one of the best of all time because there's like infinite ways, and the way the power ups are timed, though. They pop up like constantly, so they timed it right. Because when you play it on two player, which I tested out, they they still pop up constantly for two players. So now, are there more enemies when you play it on two player? See, I don't, I don't know. See, that's something that like that's a hard fucking question to answer. But until until we play it, yeah, because you know some games do it, some games don't. But um, you know we could always do that with a VGBS follow up in the future. But what I did notice, like, the timing of the items is on point. They really made sure that, like, the math and the respawn rate was correct. So I was pretty impressed by that, Um, which tells me, too, that it's all about getting those special items. I use the the items, the weapon upgrades, I use those as, like, a road map to each room so when i see like a weapon upgrade and below your score on your like hud your heads up display <laughs> whatever you want to call it you can um see how many wet, how much ammo you have left there's like a meter as it decreases so you can kind of watch and once you get the timing of when each item is going to disappear and it flashes the item flashes before it's going to disappear for good now what kind of item person are you are you a hold the ammo button and go balls to the wall when you get the actual weapon rates and then keep on collecting items or do you when you get a rocket do you just shoot strategically and destroy massive amounts of enemies and hold onto the rocket for almost the entire time you can do one rocket almost the entire level if you are strategic with it do you do strategic or do you do balls to the wall I don't waste any ammo, to put it that way, and I find that there's still so many masses of fucking guys that you can go through, like, a dozen power-ups in, like, one room, especially in the second or third levels. Do you hold the ammo down the whole time? Um, If there's a wave, I'll constantly fire until they're gone, and then I'll stop, so... I call my shots. I call my shots very well. Oh, so you do stop. Yeah, because, I mean because when you have the normal gun there's no ammo so you can just fire constantly like i find myself when i have the normal gun i just fire i don't care and i would see like when i do grenades and shit i just fire them all away and destroy people but i mean i'm not just blindly but it's kind of like eh, might as well (laughs) sometimes but then when i get like a big overpowered item i strategically blow through stuff which is fun and satisfying yeah, it's your ammo. It depends how much ammo I have too, and how reckless I am with it, and if there's another power up that just respawned, and I can get that. And I try to use as much ammo as I can for each gun, um, and I, I I just try to be accurate too, just because I'm I'm trying to like get good at it. Yeah, and that's what's cool about this episode because we're not like awesome at this game, but we love it. Yeah. So this is this is a special episode that that's never happened like before. No, not really. And (laughs) I I would say, like, the main strategy that I began to use as I played it more was destroy anything that has a weird um, nuisance to it. So you have those guys that are in the wall that shoot the guns down get rid of those fuckers because they're going to cause extra bullet chaos while you're trying to avoid the little bat dudes um also Mr. Shrapnels like destroy them but on the NES one you don't have to fucking worry about it because you can see everything when it's chaotic in the arcade or Super Nintendo one you want to get rid of anything that causes any kind of projectile um, because they're just it's just a pain in the ass to have to try to dodge that while you're dodging other things that's when it becomes what you're talking about where it gets overwhelming you can't let anything like sit because it's just gonna be there still you have to take care of the issue when it comes out in the order it comes out if possible because all it is is it's gonna be an extra issue that you're gonna have to deal with later <laughs> so yep it's kind of like real life it's it, it's like work you got a huge <laughs> you got a huge stack of tasks the game is like work <laughs> it's, you got a huge stack of tasks and you got to get through them all it's just what makes the game fun is like the gore and the sound effects and the madness and the fact that you're blowing everything up oh it's it's a very satisfying game Every fucking dude loves that, yeah. But, I mean, there's tons of power-ups, though. I mean, before we even get into the arcade version, um, which I guess we, we might as well just get into here. Let's fucking go balls deep into it. To me, this is the best sound effects of any game of all time. So many one-liners. It's great. Yeah, this this takes the cake. But the thing is, if you think about Midway, NBA Jam, right? Yeah, of course. The commentator... The nail in the coffin. Monster Jam. He's on fire. Jams in. in. Then you have Mortal Kombat. Scorpion wins. Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that in there, yes. So they started doing the voice samples like super duper. Husty. <laughs> and then they got to go nuts on it. Have you um seen the... ROM online for NBA Jam XXX. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just like, he's fucking on fire! Oh, that's like, awesome. It, it, and it's, it, I guess it's a prototype or somebody... I thought somebody hacked it, but it might be a prototype. But, like, it's hilarious. Like, there's cursing in it. It's amazing. Super Nintendo ROM, too. Like... That's cool as shit though. Like that was <laughs> like that was ever gonna make it onto the Super Nintendo. <laughs> the nail in the fucking coffin. Yeah, just put the <laughs> fuck in between the. You could. It wouldn't be that hard if you could manipulate samples like they did apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool as shit though. So the the arcade is fucking beautiful. I wish I could have a real version. I probably never will because it's fucking huge and a beast. But man. Oh, well, I would say in the final. VGBS fucking Paradise Lair. Yeah. Mansion in our retirement. That's when we'll have it. I mean, we'll call it the VGBS Pleasure Dome. How about that? Yeah, oh my god, perfect. <laughs> every morning, too. Every morning we're gonna fucking play Smash TV. Well, because, like, in in the Pleasure Dome, Kyle, uh, we're gonna have to have our little, you know, arcade freaking palace. It'd it probably would just be a damn... Air conditioned, heated, uh, shed or something, but it'll be the pleasure dome. <laughs> like, there'll be all the arcade staples that you would want. You get a pole barn. Yeah, exactly. And you just get it heated, air conditioned, you put in fucking insulation, good to go. Yeah. And multi have fucking like a second floor even. You make it fucking ridiculous. We have a little ewok fucking walk from the house <laughs> Zip line to the pleasure dome. <laughs> That's the thing, you go crazy on it. It's hilarious to always think about that craziness, but the thing is, like we've always thought about like why the fuck not? The pole barn's a good idea though. The Dobbins had one and it was tight. It was super dry. Good temperature in there. I mean I've I've only had problems with basements, so I wouldn't even like I, I don't really wanna do uh anything collectible in a basement type thing. The only issue with the pole barn is the heating. Expensive. Well you'd have to like heat it all the time unless that those electronics could just sit, sit there in the winter. Well yeah. That's the problem where I think we just have to have it in like the house. But depends on the setup, you know? Yeah. Depends on the setup. But yeah, so it's a beautiful arcade. Um it's one I've always wanted. It's actually one of my favorites. So what's your, um, your favorite arcade games? I would say mine would be, like, they're all Midway, actually, which is funny. I was thinking about it, like, so you have Smash TV, I'd say Tapper, Mortal Kombat, and, um, NBA Jam. Um, absolutely. Um, I also, obviously, would want, like, a Donkey Kong. Cool. Um, I have a Donkey Kong Jr. cocktail already, so that's already done, and I'm... Basically, what I'm going to do is install what's called double Donkey Kong in it, which if you use a Donkey Kong Jr. board, you can install a ROM chip, and you can have Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. on the same cocktail, on the one that I already have. I'm a bigger fan of Donkey Kong Jr. than Donkey Kong 1. I love DK Jr. I think DK Jr. comes maybe even like under 10, my top 10, though. I just like the climbing aspect. I would say having an MVS would be important. I mean, I have one now, but I'm not taking that one with me. But um, I think having an MBS, obviously the uh, the Play choice Ten little treat that I'm always gonna have that. Um, but for actual arcades, one um, I would say Mortal Kombat three would probably be the best one to have. Um, Two is great, but they fucking troll you in the game. So three adds the combos, a little more complexity. You get, and of course, if you go ultimate, you have all the characters. Yeah, 2 doesn't let you uppercut. They throw you every time you uppercut. And people were like, what the fuck? And Ed Boon said he did that on purpose. So, yeah, it was meant to be like balls hard. Now, I'm not saying that I don't love like X-Men and Ninja Turtles and Simpsons and all that shit. But those aren't standalones that I would want in the house. Because we literally could sit there beat that in one sitting and then not play it again for a year. Well, that was the one thing I wanted to talk about here before we get moving. Yeah. Because we're in a nice spot. We can just talk about arcades for a minute. Yeah, so remember that thing I sent you like a while ago how that guy went on this huge rant about how um, the PS2, this is a perfect segue, PS2 yeah. of Smash TV, which is Midway Arcade Treasures, um, for PS2, which I really recommend because it has RoboTron, 2084, and, and Tapper, which is crazy because it's like a must-have, and also Midway Arcade Treasures 2 has uh, Total Carnage. Total Carnage! I love it. Which is the sequel to Smash TV. But so yeah, I totally recommend. Like that's another thing that makes PS2 fucking amazing. It just has like Neo Geo Treasures, Genesis Treasures. Fucking arcade shit. Like, there's like pinball machine ones you can get. There's little, all these compilations, you know? And then you can play PS1 games, PS2 games, obviously. Like, and the controller is perfect. Dude, PS2 is fucking up there for me. Like, so, okay, so the guy was bitching about smash tv and that there's infinite continues on the ps2 version Mm -hmm. and he was basically saying okay so you can just play through this game you can plow through it essentially just keep pressing start you can add as many credits as you want you could and it's like that whole turtles in time thing that we've talked about before where you can basically play through the whole turtles in time game and beat it he was bitching like what's the whole point of playing it at all if there's no challenge <laughs> playing it at all it's like the guy has no discipline at all Like it's like he can't think beyond oh well if it gives me infinite continues I'm going to use them like most people will but you could always challenge yourself his argument was in the arcade you have a quarter and like that's your monetary value that you've paid to play this game so you're going to play like extra hard, you know, you have skin in the game now, you put money into this game, so y- you're gonna play differently than, he was saying kinda, you would be like, lax, you would play lax at the, uh, Infinite Lives version. You absolutely could, and that's a good thing, that's actually not a bad thing, that's a good thing, cause it actually opens it up to casual players, then you, a casual player can see the end of the game, and... If you want to, you could use the lives as another type of score or n- another type of incentive. It's like, alright, let's see, Kyle, how many lives we can beat the game in this time. Let's try to not fucking use any lives. And so say we beat it and we expended 37 fucking lives, the next time we want to get 20 lives. <laughs> like, He also mentioned that, yeah, you're you're going to set a goal for yourself, but it won't be true because you really don't have anything to lose which is interesting but then it's the other side of it's like you're being unrealistic because what you want us to like really pay money for this shit like like if you own the arcade machine really the thing that he's missing this is what he's missing like okay I own the arcade it's in my basement or whatever the only way I can get good is if I play it every fucking day. That's all you need to do, because you will just get good by, like, the process of getting used to everything, getting used to the the enemies, where they're going to come out, they're going to come out of this door now, and now this door, and you get used to it, like... I mean, this is almost the same as, you know well, we were talking about collecting a few episodes back where, you know, oh, because, you know, nowadays we have internet phones and all that, it's not the same. It's the same thing. Arcade games that were made and developed around a monetary value are not going to be the same when you remove the monetary aspect. It's 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 okay. It's And, and they artificially modified it when they made the console versions and limited... The continues and in, in lives to, you know, add that artificial difficulty spike. That's okay that they did that, and it's also okay if you're going to play the original arcade and you have infinite freaking quarters because it's it is what it is. That's how they programmed the game. It was a freaking carny world back then. They're trying to make you use a fucking quarter. It's going to be hard as shit, and a lot of times the arcade was so fucking hard that they would do it purposely it was um the classic Billy Mitchell quote that you know at a certain point in the late 80s early 90s it quit being who is the most skillful and it it started to become who's the richest person in the arcade had the high scores because literally no matter how well you would do unless you were fucking a mastermind you would be dying you would die I think that was Moon Patrol, that your score would actually continue, too. Yeah. So you could... The richest person was the best. Yeah, Moon Patrol created that, like, continue aspect where the other games, once you were dead, like, your score was gone. So so I didn't pay attention when I was playing the arcade version of Smash, but if you get a continue, like, you lose all your lives your score keeps going your score keeps going or does it reset I had like oh my god I had so many points dude it was like 75 million or something crazy dude see so that's like that would be the thing so so I could understand where the ranter on game FAQs is okay because literally if you got to zero lives and had to put in another quarter even free quarter and it rolled your score to zero then at least you got the little carrot like hey I don't want to fucking lose my points like, you don't even have that with Smash. So, I could see that. It just hit a chord, too. It's a really good topic, because mm-hmm. the turtles and time aspect, too. Like Absolutely. Even if you make your own goal, it's essentially you can just plow through it. So, the thing is, you just have to play it over and over and over again. But will you get better at it, or will you just be like a robot playing it because you don't <laughs> care? So I would say, <laughs> no. That's that's where he's coming from. Here's the thing. I look around my fucking game room. We have a million games. So, no, I'm not going to sit here and play every single game infinitely, because we don't have the fucking time. Um, we're going to get together and play Smash, um, but we're not going to just focus on that for the rest of our lives. We're going to be playing other stuff for bullshit homework, and we're going to be playing extra stuff but like we're moving on to another game we're not gonna be sitting here still playing only smash tv because that's what it's gonna take is only playing that game every fucking day till you became master at it another thing the guy is missing is like this is fun yeah if you're not having fun then why are you even playing games exactly do something different that makes you happy so yeah i mean the ps2 so let's let's go to that it's incredible it's incredible because it has both the SNES style like double cross key layout scheme so it's got your D-pad and then it has your buttons that are in the D-pad formation on the other side and then it has dual joysticks for the arcade like swivel stick types you know who enjoy that and it's and it's also like you don't have to hold the joysticks it's you know the the analog sticks so you can use your thumbs on it which is more practical and it is different than, than sitting on the actual Smash Arcade. Because on the arcade, you have your hands on the, the ball joysticks and fucking moving your whole wrist and your whole arm to, to control everything. It's a different feel. Whereas on the PS2, it's it's kind of more you know NES style because you're just utilizing your thumb aspects again, which is awesome. Or you can interchange. You can do buttons and swivel, D-pad and swivel, D-pad and buttons swivel and swivel, so there's four different combinations you can do. Which man, like that's ultimate. Fucking PS2. Yeah. Playing Tapper on PS2, I'm so much better than on the arcade. It's not even funny. (laughs) You know, you know the other thing besides for Tapper that we would have to have is ice cold beer. That's a really classic. Because you know, ice cold beer has that ball in it, and you bring it up and drop it off, and I. I play that every fucking time I go to any convention. To find a working one is tough, but if you can. I think one broke when we were at uh, the Chicago Expo. The Philo one, yeah. (laughs) The Philo Expo. Yeah, the Philo Expo. (laughs) Call it Saki Expo 101. It's amazing. (laughs) Doing shots of Saki with legendary artists. What was that one anyway? Arcade and video game room expo. So yeah, (laughs) Um, the one thing I did want to mention though, uh, before we go into the coin ops Xbox version, is um, on PS two. I noticed there's super duper slowdown at the start of the Twin Snakes encounter in in stage three, dude. It stopped the whole game stopped completely for like at least five seconds. I thought it froze. Wow. I was like, oh, my God. I just had to sit there, and then finally, like, it figured out what was going on and rehabilitated itself. But, man, it was, like, froze. And I was like, dude, that's crazy. So the the PS2 has a hard part with the Twin Snakes. Wow. So the coin-ops didn't do any kind of freezing. And coin-ops is basically MAME. It's an optimized version of MAME on the Xbox. And I didn't notice any slowdown. It's perfect. CoinOps is like about as good as you're going to get with the arcade. So there is some slowdown with PS2. So that does show it's not an exact replicant. But it's close. And it, the graphics are beautiful. And what I recommend, Judy got me some sweet uh, rechargeable cordless studio headphones. I think, yeah, it's for my birthday a few years back. And oh, yeah. It's freaking incredible. With all the the sound effects and the audio madness, like in fucking stereo, best sounds for a game ever. <laughs> There's some reverb, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so cool with everything around you and everything blasted and shit going nuts. I truly oh, recommend yeah. the headphone experience with this game. I really do. You know what's you know what's insane though is that like we played all these different versions, but neither of us was able to compare this to the actual stand-up so we don't really like when we actually play the stand-up like it may be even better like playing the actual arcade yeah the real real deal yeah because i mean it might be like even crazier i i don't know like because you know there might be a little bit of slow it might be a little fraction of a bit slower Even on coin-ops, and that fraction of a bit could be, you know, a make or break when it comes to Twitch gaming. Uh, I think we should go into the power-ups and the levels. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so there's, like, amazing power-ups that, to me, is the biggest part of the game. Oh, absolutely! It's the most uh, satisfying part because you have this little pea shooter that you know takes all these hits on enemies, and then you collect a freaking power up and you just decimate. Eugene Jarvis is funny. It's like if you look at people, they're they're just crazy. People are chaos. They just want they just want to go nuts. So <laughs> make a game that you just like kill everything. Yeah, pretty much. This is kind of a precursor to the Mortal Kombat because there is like blood. When, there's a lot of gore, actually. Like, when you're shooting the dudes, they just tear them apart. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, like, one of the first really gory little games, if you think about it. So, yeah, the power-ups. You have the rotating orb, which essentially, like, doubles your normal gun. But it's it's really good. They're all really good, actually. That's, that, that's the other thing. I read an FAQ where a guy put them in order, and then I took that, and when I played it, I was looking at it, and I was like, no, they're all good. Yeah, they, they are. They're all just satisfying. And the fact is is that, you know, depending on the level and screen you go through, um, the actual power-ups are a little different, but they're still randomized. So you can't really choose which ones you're going to use. You just grab every fucking thing that pops on the screen. Yeah, and uh, so you have the rotating orb. You have the speed-up, which makes you faster, twice as fast. Which is like pretty much one of the best you can get to. Um, you have the three way shot, so it kind of shoots in a spread like Contra. Um, the missile launcher, which is amazing, good for taking out the bosses. And for most bosses, you have to use the special weapon. Yeah. Except for the Twin Snakes. And then there is the barrier, which the barrier is like a shield. Uh, so when you die. And you come back. You have the barrier around you. It's like a few rings that circle your sprite. And you can run and and you can run through the enemies and kill them automatically, which is amazing. You're invincible for a little bit when you respawn. The barrier is very uh, useful. <laughs> then there's a one up. You have a little player character item. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> so if you see a one up, dying for it. Can be worth it as you get the invincibility barrier upon respawn. Exactly, and you'll still have the same amount of lives. So it can be looked at as a version of the barrier power up, essentially, if you think about it that way too. So you you have a little barrier and you have a whole nother life where you can risk. And sometimes you get a bunch of lives in a row. There was a few rooms where I got like four or five in a row, dude. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" It was in one of those uh, prize rooms. Yeah, there was one of the prize rooms that I got the next item that you're probably gonna talk about, which is the key. And I had like, I got like twenty keys. <laughs> it's insane? Like, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, and the keys are what you need to unlock the pleasure dome. Um, and then you also have the uh, the crush, which destroys everything on screen. Bingo! 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 And then you have the cutter blades, which are, like, these bandsaws, which rotate around your guy. Yeah, and then they bounce off of anything that's big. Yeah, so, like, Mr. Shrapnels, they're going to bounce off. Uh, Mr. Shrapnels, I'd recommend doing the perimeter sweep with them. They're pretty easy. Yes. Just take them out when you can between, you know, slaughters of all the, like, assailants, you know, who are coming at you. The tchotchkes. Yeah, the, the little guys. Um, then you then you get the grenade launcher. Yes. Which is amazing. And then you get the mortar, which is basically like a high-powered grenade. And you only get that on the boss screens, actually. The mortar thing, yeah. The rotating orb and the three-way shot is like ownage, though. <laughs> like, oh my god. If you can get the spread with two orbs, it's basically like the option in in Gradius... Where you can add like multiple options and just keep getting them. Too bad you can't get multiple orbs, but you know how crazy that would be if you had like three orbs surrounding you and like fire, it'd be like chaos. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> God, now I know the Nintendo NES one doesn't. Does the Super Nintendo one have the orbs? Because they I know they cut out stuff for flicker and for slowdown purposes, it's got all the it's got everything.
1: Okay, because I yeah.
0: I I didn't play the Super Nintendo one as crazily as I did the others. Yeah, and I actually got a, the Super Famicom version just so I could see, and it's not in Japanese at all. It's the same exact SNES version. Nice. Yeah, it was a little cheaper, so I was like, "Why not?" I'm trying to, you know, get bigger Famicom Super Famicom collection. Absolutely. So yeah, let's go into like so stage one and we which we talked about the whole game premise but you start you start at the game podium like a lot of the game shows you're standing like at the podium so you have a few seconds before you actually get into the first room and then from there it's just full on mayhem so the first level pretty basic a lot more humanoids in this one for the first level i pretty much just go down when i can and to the right when i can and eventually you'll get to mutoid man with Mutoid Man, I know that he has gunners on him in the arcade version. There aren't any on uh, certain console ports. Yeah, I know. There's a There's a gunners and SNES and Genesis. Yeah, now on the Nintendo one. That's interesting too. Yeah, they they do like little modifications like here or there, which is really cool. Once you beat each room, if you wait too long, there's shit that'll come out and like try to kill you. Yeah. It's like little buzzsaws or little blades, or will try to take you out. There's there's other games that are like that too, that try to like rush you. Uh, Cyborg Justice, is like that for Genesis. And in Cyborg Justice, after you kill each like round of of robots, each little group of robots, if you don't proceed, they'll the screen just starts like shooting missiles at you. So it's just one of those weird things. It's like go go go, you know. It's funny. It's kind of like a time aspect, but not really with digital time. It's just, like... It's always weird, though. Like, who fucking cares? Like, just leave me alone. It's just funny. But, no, that's just a way. For the the arcade, I totally understand. You know, we need to, like, get this process moving. You know, more people want to play. You can't just sit there. But Cyborg Justice, I always thought that was kind of weird. The little smiley face, so if you take too long in Berserk fighting all the freaking robots, Evil Otto comes out. It's literally a bouncing smiley face head. Good old Evil Otto. Yep, can't forget about him. <laughs> he fucking chases your ass. Then there's also those like, little spheres sometimes that come out of the doors. That There's a bunch of like little balls, and they're like a huge group, and you have to just take them all out. They kind of like sweep the room. It's weird. So there's, there's a lot of weird... Mm-hmm. Craziness going on again. Like Mutoid Man is fucking epic. John Tobias artists like Mortal Kombat and shit. You gotta you gotta give him credit because the bosses are fucking badass in this game. Like for real. Oh yeah, they're just like like Mutoid Man himself, a little like gross like tank dude, <laughs> and he has multiple forms, which is awesome. Yeah, it just keeps going. It's almost like a comedy because. You knock off his arms and you knock off his head. Yeah. Then he can't, like, attack you for a second. <laughs> yes. And it's like his chest, his rib cage, his treads explode. And at some point, as long as you've taken out the turrets, once you've taken out the arms and the head, he can't shoot anymore. And then you blast him through that phase, and then he's like a mini mutoid man, <laughs> like a little yeah. turret tank. Then he can attack again, which is funny. Then you finally take him out from there. Then you go to level two, which that's when the fucking kid gloves come off. No, it's freaking Mr. Roboto world. Freaking brutal. Orbs. Orbs everywhere, man. Tech-based orb massacre. Like I said, get into the corners, turtle them a little bit with the orbs. The orbs shoot in straight lines, so you have to just remember that they don't shoot in diagonals. Mm -hmm. So that's where the corner turtling comes in because you can just take them out before they hit you kind of thing. You have to dodge a little bit, though. You can't just sit in there like, not do anything. Absolutely. You gotta move, man. Orbs, I always thought, were super hard. The whole level, it starts to get, like, super hard. There's, like, the the caterpillar dudes. They're, like, bigger disc. Yeah. Become a little harder. Yeah, and then there's the buffalo guys that are, like, slower, but then they go in kind of, like, a circular motion. I don't think those guys are hard at all. They're, like, bigger they big, thick, like, dudes. Um, I think the level is start, like, Buffalo Herd nearby, when you mm-hmm. get to that one, it's, like, fucking nuts. But they're actually not that hard, in my opinion. The hardest things in this game are the orbs, and then what what will come a little later, they're, like, faster versions of, like, the normal grunts. Yeah. They're, like, crazy. They're like bed bugs. They remind me of the. Remember, like, remember that game, bed bugs. Oh yeah, that's what they mm-hmm. remind me of. The little <laughs> little bed bugs everywhere. Yeah, the little fast bastards. That's what I think of. <laughs> fast <laughs> bastards. <laughs> so that's so everyone look up bed bugs on on Google. You see what I mean? And with the colors too, because there's like the color schemes are amazing in this game, especially the arcade. So level two, what do you think? Like, man, it's hard. <laughs> I mean. Well, the th- the thing that I um never remembered was the level two boss. I don't remember him from when I was a kid. I don't remember fighting Scarface. Scarface rules. And I mean, the giant head reminds me of the uh, the classic uh, arcade game Sinistar, where you fight the giant head near the end, the antagonist of it. Oh sure, yeah. And it's made by the same company. It's made by Williams. So I yep, mean, yep, yep, yep. It's a fucking classic. But it's like. It's so crazy though. Like, he wasn't that hard though, comparatively to the whole level, which seemed like it took like the the um the waves of enemies started to come out more and more in level two, like it like never ending. It was awesome. With Scarface, you have to take out each little fragment of his face. He has like a shield. Yeah, the little eyes blow up and little shield pieces. Yeah, yeah. So if if you don't do that. You can't proceed, I think that's most people say he's the hardest boss in the game because of that, yeah, but what I do i I kind of found you can like delay him, you can like make him freeze just by shooting him, and he's kinda just like sits there and doesn't do anything, so I think it it does get hard when he goes into a second phase. With the skull? Yeah, he gets a little crazier. And he starts shooting the fucking shit from his eyes or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's tight, though. (laughs) That's a cool fucking boss, man. I mean, it's badass, and it's... Yeah, I would say he's probably my favorite one, just because I don't remember him as a kid, which is what's crazy. And it has the theme of, like, you break the bosses down to nothing. Now, um, if you're lucky enough to get past the second level on the console (laughs) you'll get to the third level which is more like a jungle like amazon instead of the tech-based second level and the first level is almost just like a concrete basic like studio look to nothing it's just kind of like a warehouse or like a, you know what i mean yeah like an urban looking deal but yeah once you get to the third level it's fucking like Amazon, like, Temple World. Which is awesome, by the way. And you got fucking snakes. Awesome and fucking long. It's even crazier, yeah. This level is like 45 minutes long. Like, <laughs> this is a long fucker right here. It's so fun, though. What do you think about the third level? I mean, I love the ambiance, the freaking... Pyramid style and the whole thing because it has the whole tan look to it and Mayan treats. Yeah, I mean you could tell there's gonna be a snake and everything when you get to it. Um, yeah, it is and you fight the both snakes that they're a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I actually, found like you know, like when you're playing the level, the little snakes they're actually not that hard because the little snakes just drop down vertically. So as long as you can dodge them, they're not going to come after you. Yeah. That's the big thing. And then there's like these A- Atlantis like snake guys with like pitchforks. Those guys aren't bad either. They're slow and they're big and they're easy like I think I think what they do is they just kill you with freaking how many characters there are. It's all dependent on how you can deal with each guy. I think some people are better at dealing with certain bad guys than others, you know? Like, that's the other cool thing about this game, that... And you have to be consistent with the game. You have to constantly just kill everything, and if you make one mistake, I mean, you die. And there's tons of fucking guys. Like, the Buffalo Herd guys, they're not hard to me, but someone else might... That might be, like, horrible to them. They're fucking kryptonite. Something easy to them might be horrible for me, so... That's the interesting thing about that. Now the Cobra Twins, the thing is they share the same health meter. Yeah. So you don't need and you don't need any special weapons to hurt them. So don't think like one you have to kill one and then you have to kill the other. They share the same fucking shit. I was I was looking into it. And yeah, you can just use the pistol. I mean, in a way they're the real boss of level 3 is Evil MC. Yeah, which if you collect enough keys, you can get to him. Which is like hard not to because there's a room with like a million of million them. keys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah, you're gonna fight evil MC, at least if you play in the arcade version. And he talk he talks shit the whole time while you fight him too, which is hilarious. I mean, an evil MC is exactly mutoid man and fighting mutoid man again, basically, but just with a different you know ambiance. And before you get to the pleasure dome, you're gonna find a room with a bunch of the bikini babe icons. Yeah, you'll get a bunch of those, and um, it's so funny though, like how many they they give you. It's just hilarious. Like <laughs> just like tons. She's <laughs> <it's, you're> just <laughs> running around. Like that's another thing though. Maybe not even in that room, but the mines, man. Yeah, those fucking mines. Like we gotta mention that. So. So you get prizes, you know, you're collecting these prizes, which it could be like a VCR, a toaster, a vacation, a sports car, like whatever. So you're collecting all this shit, but there's mines predetermined on each, generally, most of the screens. And the presents, like, cover them. Like the little prizes you get, they cover the (laughs) mines. So... Now, when you try to get the gift or whatever, you're going to run into the mine and die. Death, to me, is one of the hardest parts of the game, actually. Yeah. Because you get, like, sideswiped and, like, fuck, and then your power-up's gone, and then you're back to, like, you know, Jump Street. If you can memorize where those fucking mines are, I think that's, like, half the battle to, like, becoming a master to this game. Absolutely. So um one thing is you mentioned the Pleasure Dome. It actually wasn't in the original revision of the game. It was revision 8.0 that they um added it. So before you would just it would just end. So then they added the whole Pleasure Dome that you have to unlock. Yeah, once you get the, all the babe icons, then you go to the final Evil MC. It's basically like Jeff was saying, it's, it's Mutoid Man Recreated, right? Exactly. And he he comes out the same way, through the hole at the top of the screen, but as Jeff said, he's talking shit, doing his little quotes and stuff. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. That's an amazing name for a boss. Oh yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, Evil MC's pretty easy uh, actually. Um, he's kind of like, he's just a mutoid man replicant, so you can just waste him just the same way Stay stay on the very top of the screen he can't shoot upwards just watch out so he doesn't back into you, you'll have to dodge a little bit here and there, but he's not nearly as bad as Scarface or Twin Snakes, that's where you fucking like lose your like you lose your ass man <laughs> yeah for sure like yeah it's i mean kind of a cop out for a final boss you know when you when you have the exact same guy like but it's still really cool that you fight the mc so they're just like what can we do real quick let's just clone mutoid man and put a different skin on him so i guess that pretty much leads us to the end of the line so what do you uh what are you thinking? Uh, Grade-wise? I mean, <laughs> to me, it's fucking perfect because you can play it forever. I mean, this is a game where we... I mean, lately, we've been giving all the games A's and A-pluses because all the games that we're playing are ones that are on our bucket list. So exactly. it's not really uh, like we're going to play games that we don't like because then it, we may one day, but then it just turns into AVGN-like. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna purposely play a shitty game if we can avoid it like um we did in season one when Kevin would purposely pick shitty games. <laughs> then it takes the fun out of what we're trying to do, which is cross shit off our bucket list. <laughs> well exactly. It's basically we just we're with VGBS we wanna pick shit that we've always wanted to play and make it a priority. I mean yes. we have a million games to play. Why don't we play the fucking shit we've always wanted to play? That's the thing. So it may seem redundant. Yeah, yeah, you give everything an A and A plus, but that's the point. Like, goddamn right, we're giving this fucker an A A plus. <laughs> that's why West why we did this episode because it's an A and A, a plus, and we love it. I mean, and, and there's <laughs> been situations in season two and in season three where we played a game and it just didn't hold up as well as we thought it would. And that's where. That's what's great about it. Totally, dude. Like, that's the interesting concept. How does it hold up? And this one does exactly. I guess that's the whole thing. In addition to a grade, how does it hold up? This one holds up fucking great. Oh, it's amazing, and the the fact is, is that we want to get better at it, so we will play it more um, when we hang out. Which is, it's cool to have more games that we can play when we hang out. That's what's awesome about it. The simultaneous two player. Um, thrill romps like your Double Dragon 2 and your. Thrill romp, yes. Smash TV is something that's so fun that every second's fun. Yeah. For sure. For sure! Fucking put a bow on that, some bitch. There it is, tied up real nice. Stick it on sideways up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, big money, big prizes. we're drinking all night long, all night, all night, (laughs) all (laughs) night. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, Arjus podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. But we also have a phone number. It is two two six four for VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. Alright, see you later. Whoops. Later!